welcome to the Irish Pagan School podcast. Your hosts are authors and co-founders of the Irish Pagan School here in County Waterford, Ireland, Laura O'Brien and John O'Sullivan. Falcha. Hello and welcome. This is Laura O'Brien from the Irish Pagan School and I'm here today to talk about Irish people's relationship with the Irish language. Now, I don't speak for all Irish people. I don't even think that I'm representative of most Irish people in many ways, in that I am very, very plugged into Irish culture, Irish heritage, the Irish, the study of the Irish psyche and observations of our people past and present. So most Irish people don't really think as deeply about things maybe as I do or read as extensively about things as I do or maybe are aware of the depth and breadth of our mythology, our folklore, as I would be. But of course, many Irish people are and are far more learned than I am. So just to give you a little bit of context for where I'm at and where I'm coming from, I'm definitely not claiming to speak for all Irish people. But I do have some thoughts. So the Irish relationship with the Irish language, which we call Gaelga, by the way, is, is very complicated. And any time an Irish person kind of bitches or moan about other Irish people, we, we tend to kind of get a bit of a weighing in from people a little bit self-righteous outside the culture who are like, why don't Irish people appreciate what they have? Now, that, that could be the language, it could be the stories, it could be whatever, right? And I'm just going to say back to fuck off straight away there. If you are not within the Irish culture, you do not get an opinion on that, with a, maybe a, an exception for somebody who has extensively studied, again, our history, our culture, our heritage, probably at a very high academic level and, you know, maybe has formed some hopefully unbiased, more scholarly opinions on things you have at it, right? But if that's not you and you're just observing from outside the culture, I guarantee you that you don't understand what's going on here. We've had many people who talk about, you know, again, somewhat self-righteously, and this is not a personal, you know, this, this happens all the time. So if you're recognizing yourself in this, you know, it's not all about you, right? But this actually happens all the time. I'm coming up 43 years old and I couldn't even tell you the amount of times that the same conversations, the same observations, the same judgments are being passed, such as, you know, there are more Irish people, there are more Irish speaking people in a certain geographical area that is not on the island of Ireland within a certain time people than there were or are, you know, currently in Ireland or at that time period in Ireland. So that kind of comparison is very out of context for, again, if it's a historical period for probably what was going on in Ireland at the time between colonization and plantation, famine, you know, all that kind of stuff. A lot of Irish people would have been driven out of Ireland. So a lot of those Irish speaking people would have been first gen diaspora. So immigrants, whatever. So complicated, 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 right? But that's other people's opinions. We're here to talk about the 
Irish opinion or relationship with our language from my perspective. And there's there's quite an interesting like argument, but debate, shall we call it, going on between me and one of our teachers at the Irish Pagan School, Shane Broderick, who I have a huge amount of respect for. But like the hill that I'm going to die on, right, is Irish people don't call our language gay. Okay. Absolutely bothers me. 100% of the time when somebody refers to the Irish language as Gaelic to me, it is an American, an English person, somebody from outside of Ireland. And I have never in person in my life heard an Irish person refer to our own language as Gaelic. Okay. There is a whole Scottish element there. Shane has made the point that it does happen in Gaelic regions. On further examination, it would seem that it's mostly an Ulster Irish, which would be a Scots connection again. And again, many people in the Irish Gael talked. Absolutely do not. Even people in, say, the Donegal region, absolutely do not. But it does happen, right? It absolutely does happen. And in these very sporadic situations or very particular situations or very, you know, geographical situations, right? So... That's not what most people who refer to the Irish language as Gaelic are doing, or that's not the situation that they're coming from, right? So absolutely do not come at me with Gaelic this or Gaelic that. We call it Irish or we call it Gaelic, right? So that's just one like little snippet of how complicated, again, our own relationship with our own language, even between ourselves, is. So... We were in college the day, myself and Amy. We're doing a master's in Irish regional history. And within our cultural history module, we were having a discussion, as we often do in, in many different modules and on many different topics. We're having a discussion about the Irish language. And at least two people in the class, not a big class, there was only maybe seven or eight people in the class at that point because the restrictions for COVID and everything. So it was a very small class that intake that they that they took. So there wasn't that many people in the class. And out of those people, two were talking about Irish as a dead language. So this is people who are studying. One of them is a school teacher. One of them was a parent, not sure what the occupation is, but both Irish people, both living here in rural Ireland. And again, with a very, a very particular view of the Irish language, which isn't actually borne out by the state of the Irish language currently, which is actually experiencing a revival within popular culture, particularly. So moving it out of the realm of the academic. But I would say that that actually, those numbers probably and I mean, I don't know, there were other people who, you know, were in the class who didn't speak up. So I don't know what everybody's, it wasn't a, a poll or a sample or anything. But, you know, myself and Amy were there, the two of us like, Irish is not a dead language. And then there were two people in the class who were actually, yeah, it is. Like, it's, it's a dying language at least. And I would say that that's probably a fair representation of, like, people who are passionate about Irish and people who just think that it should just, you know, go into a corner and die. And there's a whole lot tied up in that kind of attitude on both sides, actually. Some of it is is class-based, you know, particularly people who grew up in maybe the 70s and the 80s in Ireland, even the 90s, 
when it really was being taught very, very badly. And I, I mean, the curriculum currently has a, a lot of improvement still. And we really need to move towards conversational development rather than the, the quite strict focus, particularly at second level, and the quite strict focus on linguistics, really, you know, on the, on the technical and structural aspects of it. Now, obviously, that is an important part of learning any language. But I feel that we are kind of letting the side down a little bit by not having the absolute foundation of it as this is a practical, useful expressive, conversational subject that, you know, you could get, you get some crack out of like some crack is fun and, you know, engagement. So there is definitely, the curriculum definitely um, could do with some improvement still, but it has got a huge amount better, like way better than what I was learning in school. And when I was in school, if you didn't have money for grinds or you know like extra tuition or tutoring if you didn't if your parents didn't have the the money or the or the the will really to you know send you to the gale talk the regions for the summer for the colostas the colleges over the summer holidays where you could kind of be immersed in the language and again develop that kind of practical appreciation cord and engagement with us on a day-to-day level you were kind of at a loss school-wise and like going further back into the days of corporal punishment, which was not that long ago. Like, I mean, we're still talking kind of 70s and 80s in Ireland. It depends on the area you're with. And again, your economic status. Uh, corporal punishment was definitely a thing even when I was at primary school. So, you know, you start to get, you start to get the language kind of bent out of you or any kind of interest or love for the language bent out of you. And none of that is okay, obviously, right? But I think once you scratch the surface of it, then you can go even further back and you can start getting into very, very psychological areas of, you know, post-colonial trauma. The idea of trauma being passed down through DNA, which is a, you know, a scientific fact. And the, you know, the concept of the shame and the guilt that were instilled in us over countless generations and hundreds of years. And that's both the like the the savagery, inverted commas, or the the lack of civilization that would have been labeled, you know, the Irish language would have been labeled with, or you know, any Irish Gaelic cultures, customs, Gaelic again there is the name for the the culture, not the language. And just in case people are getting confused, again, we call it Gaelga or Irish, so please don't do that. So there was this inherent, as I said, like a, a shame built in. And it got to the point where parents were policing their own children. And it's certainly in, in a colonized country, it certainly became an economic endeavor to make sure that your children speak English so that they could get jobs, so that they could, you know, Irish became associated with poverty, right? So all of that is still there. It's still like right in the heart of us. It's still in the roots of us. And we, you know, we will talk about, oh, I've no time for Irish or I I don't like the Irish language because it gives us a discomfort that is subconscious and we can't name it. 
and we're mostly for the for the vast amount of us we're not even consciously aware that this this pressure is still inside us this this ball of of this guilt and shame around speaking our own language so we do need as a nation to kind of start to acknowledge that and to start to become aware of that i had a, an experience where myself and john would try and speak Irish, even when we're, you know, in-house, but obviously when we're outside, we would try and speak it. Even just a couple of vocal, couple of words every day. It's important that my kids hear me speaking it. It's important that we practice what we have. Neither of us are fluent. We're both working on it, but it is, a, you know, a process, right? But we were, pre-COVID, we were out in a cafe and we're sitting down and the server came over and as he was, you know, as he was coming up to the table, we were having a conversation, Oscailga, in Irish. And it's a little bit stilted and it's a little bit, you know, kind of there's a couple of loan words thrown in, Merla, in, in English, because we can't kind of figure out and we have got the vocabulary, right? So that, that's all kind of going on. And we're kind of focusing on that. And he kind of came on us without like us really realizing that he was there. So suddenly there was another person who was witnessing us speaking Irish. And I had this like, my, my whole head got red. I had this indraw, like, I mean, actually felt it, physically felt it. And I was like, what the fuck was that? I was ashamed that somebody had heard me and John speak Irish. And I was like, whose reaction was that? <laughs> because that's not, like, that's not me. That's not the feelings that I thought I had about Irish. So I don't know what ancestor that was coming from or what line that was being passed down. But it was there and it was physical and it was visceral. And, you know, I would do a lot of work with shadow work and my own subconscious through journeying. But because of that awareness and because of that consistent work and practice and discipline on those topics, you know, I became consciously aware of what was going on. But like that physical reaction could have been very quickly suppressed and subsumed and internalized into something completely different of like, you know, maybe projection or oh, he, he was laughing at us for speaking Irish or he thought that we were stupid or he thought that we were the other side of things, which is like, again, we move from this like Irish, the Irish language that people who speak Irish are stupid, they're, they're poor, they're, you know, economically deficient, they're all of those things, right? We move from that then into the Gaelic revival, again, cultural, not linguistic terminology. But the, or the Celtic revival, even as it was called in some, in some quarters, uh, the late 1800s and early 1900s, which got very tied up in, in our revolution, in our civil war, in the establishment of our state and, you know, all of this. But that became very much an ascendancy thing or a, a, an upper class kind of thing with the antiquarians in the 1800s and then subsequently then through much of the the revolutionary movement was actually the the, the upper class you know in Ireland not all of it obviously but a lot of us and you know people who had the means the time the their basic survival needs being met actually you know had the time to sit around and plan revolution right who knew um your government is keeping you poor on purpose and keeping you uneducated on purpose, just as an aside. The history absolutely attests to this. So anyway, 
the Irish language then became associated through the 1900s and, you know, certainly in the 1980s, 1990s, 1970s, 80s, 90s, the, the posh people, the, the well-off people were the ones who could afford to send their kids to the Gaeltop regions, which are the Irish language regions, which still speak Irish as a primary language on the island. They are shrinking, but they still exist. And they obviously did exist back then as well. And actually, there are more people... <laughs> They are shrieking, they are dying, blah, blah, blah. Listen to me. There is actually, again, a revival of interest now that a lot more people can work remotely and work from home. There are younger people moving back in because a lot of the migration out of Gaeltacht regions would have been economic because they are rural and, you know, people would have been moving, young people would have been moving from Gaeltacht regions into cities or outside the country altogether for, for jobs, you know. So now that some of that economic pressure has been removed out of situations, there is more of an interest in people coming back in and staying in the Gaeltacht and moving back into the Gaeltacht. So, so that, that is a trend that we're starting to see. And I mean, that would have been relevant for any rural community in Ireland that I, I genuinely don't think that people were moving out of the Gaeltacht because it was a Gaeltacht region. I actually think Probably if you examined it, not sure if this research has been done, but you would have seen people who were in Gaeltacht regions a little bit more attached and maybe staying a little bit longer, holding out for as long as they could before having to move for economic or social reasons in some cases. But I think primarily, you know, it would have been that, that rural, rural to urban migration would have been the patterns that we've been seeing in previous decades. But that is changing now. And, you know, I guess, thanks, pandemic, a lot of people would have been forced to work from home. And again, you know, we are seeing this uptick in interest and in location back into Gaeltacht regions. It's minimal, but it's happening, right? So all of that being said, I suppose, I think I maybe had a point that I trailed off on. Apologies for that. But all of that being said, the Irish relationship with the Irish language is complicated, okay? And it's okay if you're an Irish person, it's okay to not know how you feel about Irish. It's okay to explore. I'm going to put a great link in the comments below about a newspaper article about different bits and pieces that are happening and there's some resources in it. And it just gives a little bit more of a an optimistic maybe view of the Irish language that a lot of Irish people would be familiar with or would, you know, would be, it, it will maybe help you to address some of the ingrained kind of assumptions or ideas that you have or that you thought you had about the Irish language, about the state, current state of the Irish language. And I don't mean like the state, but I mean the actual state that it's in. And that's an Irish colloquial is the like state something is like a negative thing but um, that's not what I mean uh, even our English is Hiberno-English which is interesting and uh, is very much a, a cultural thing so hopefully that's been interesting to you and again if you're outside of Ireland and observing any of this I hope that this gives you a slightly better understanding of where maybe Irish people are coming from and take your judgy pants off 
and just understand that, you know, obviously even what I've outlined here is only skimming the surface of it, right? So judge your pads off. You don't get to comment. And this is just where we're at right now. So if you like any of this, we actually have on the Irish Pagan School, we have an excellent introduction to the Irish language course. So I'll put a link to that down below as well. And Irish is very free flowing through much of our material and through many of our courses. So you'll pick up little bits and pieces, but also you'll pick up an appreciation for the Irish language and a grow love or passion for it is communicated with many or even most of our teachers who are all Irish. So hopefully that's been useful. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive review in your podcast listener. Then head over to irishpaganschool.com and enroll in one of our free or paid courses. Slongafol and we will see you next time.